Hey, slabs. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to thank our listeners and ask you for help. Our listenership grows weekly, and that's in large part to word of mouth. Thank you for telling your friends and your family and for continuing to support us. We appreciate that. Um, People often ask if it's hard to have a podcast, and the short answer is yes. It is a lot of work. Between research and prep and recording, editing, cutting audio, it takes several hours, and it takes a degree of effort to maintain our standard of quality of audio and content for listeners. We hope that comes through in the experience, and we certainly think it does in this episode. We're very proud of our talk about speed. It was a lot of fun. We do need your help, though, and the best way you can do that is from where you are, is to open whatever app you're currently streaming the show from and take a, just a minute or two to give us a quick rating. You can say a few things if you'd like to. I don't think you necessarily have to, but a rating would help. This would improve our visibility for people who are looking for new stuff to listen to, and it'd make this effort all worthwhile. Not that it isn't already, but it would help us. Um, we would appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This is Film Slob. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are on episode 18. Patrick. Holy crap, it's 18? <laughs> 18. Wow. Almost to 20. I am Sierra Gonzalez, and that is Patrick Kelly. Here I am. <laughs> and today we're talking about the film Speed. And I just wanted to set it up for you, set the tone. Let me tell you what was happening. It was the summer of 94. Mm. Speed is third in the box office behind The Lion King and The Flintstones. I saw both of those in theater. <laughs> the live action Flintstones? Yeah. With uh, John Goodman? John Goodman. Yeah. My default go-to is when I forget his name, I call him Fred Flintstone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows exactly who you mean. <laughs> yeah. We're four months out from Pulp Fiction, which will arguably alter the face of cinema. Right. That happens four months after this. Big year. The world watches O.J. Simpson flee from the police on his white Bronco on television. I have a really specific memory of that, like in my kitchen. Yeah. Watching this like little Panasonic TV in my parents' kitchen. Just like everybody watching that during dinner. It was a weird, it was really bizarre. Yeah. I have a weird memory of that too. And it's coupled with this movie Speed. You know, so I saw the white Bronco thing with O.J. Simpson at my grandmother's house. Yeah. In Barstow. And, uh. Uh, at her house, she had like th- three or four movies on VHS tape, and Speed was one of them. And we, I would watch Speed all the time. That is wild. You know, I re- a, yeah, I remember the VHS. I remember like, the design, the cover, and everything. Yeah. Um, and incl- a month after Speed comes out, Jeff Bezos founds Amazon. Really? Yeah, setting the dinner plate <laughs> or setting the table for, I mean, what the world is today. Yeah. Wild stuff. It was a big year. I feel like a lot was happening this year. A lot of good movies came out this year. Um, what was Jurassic Park? Was that 93, 94? Oh, man, I forgot already. It's around this era. <laughs> but I remember seeing this in the theater as a kid, and I remember like being really excited about speed. Like I don't think I understand. Well, maybe. It's easy to understand. Maybe I did understand it as a kid, but I think like the my selling point as a child was Sandra Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely just in awe of Sandra Bullock, like having a schoolboy crush on her. There's just something about her that's like so approachable. She's almost like a school teacher the way she. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like has like that girl next door look. She's like a quintessential '90s girl, I think. Yeah, 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 she is pretty captivating in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was this buzz around it. Mm. I remember. Well, that people don't talk about movies the way they like they used to. I feel like the building hype around a movie was like a different thing. And the hype around this movie was like a bus jumps on the freeway. And that was like the yeah. big thing about this movie, um, which is it's funny because watching it now, 
it doesn't even feel like the most exciting thing in the movie. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like it's a thing that happens. It is the most ridiculous thing that happens in the movie. But if, to me, watching it this time around, like now, it doesn't feel like the most exciting thing. Yeah. And I remember this being the thing that everyone talked about this, this movie. And I remember when people would reference movies and because like, you didn't have the internet. You couldn't watch a trailer or something like that. A right. trailer was hard to come by. People would talk about movies like in terms of like a single scene that was like shocking or controversial or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. People talking about that bus jump scene is, is probably people coming out of the theater yeah. um, and it's word of mouth. They're talking about it or may, maybe they did see a preview um, before, yeah. you know, some other movie. Yeah. Maybe the bus jump was in the, that preview and that started, you know, the word started to spread about it. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, yeah, it was on the preview. It was on yeah. the billboard. It's on the cover of the movie. I think mm-hmm. like that's from the beginning, like the bus going through the fire, which doesn't even happen in the movie. The yeah. bus isn't running through fire, <laughs> but that bus jump is something I remember people talking about it. I remember like, this is what you have to see. Um, this is how conversations went around movies those days. Like memories of my, of movies, like around that period. And like even years on, it was always like, my parents would come home from watching a movie and they would talk about a single scene and maybe it was something I, I was supposed to watch. Uh, I have like a really specific example of how Howard Stern's private parts. Mm. And they were, there's this scene in the movie where this girl like is talking to Howard Stern on the radio, but she's sitting on a speaker and she turns the bass all the way up. And basically he makes her come like over the radio, <laughs> which is like ridiculous. But like that was the buzz around this movie. Like, Oh, like this guy, like you got to yeah. see this fucking scene, you know? Yeah. Um, same thing with Saving Private Ryan. Like people were talking about how violent that opening was, and I remember that was the buzz around that movie. And that's like what drew people to it. It's like, oh, you got to see how gruesome or like wild this opening scene is. Like that's not necessarily the way people talk about movies now, which I think is really interesting. Like, you can just go see a trailer. Like people don't talk about specific t- scenes. They might talk about like a performance or something like that, but you don't get like that scene buzz. You know what I mean? Like I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I have not really. Yeah, I, that. I don't have a comp- like a, a comparison to like a more contemporary movie that that's totally true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the most contemporary, like, because at a point it did stop, but I remember like probably something like Monsters Ball, which is so long ago. I don't remember the year, but mm. like the fact that Halle Berry was nude and it was like a lot of talk around that. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I, I mean, like, it's it's kind of nice that movies don't function in that way, and or word of mouth doesn't function that way anymore. Um, but also. I don't know. It, it gives these movies this really distinct identity in my brain and in my memory, the way I remember them and the way I remember the hype around them and like kind of like my idea I had built around them before I even saw a movie. Like the way I was about to process the movie was highly affected about what people told me or what I was about to see, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a interesting thing to carry into this movie, like anticipating that because this movie is like so hype all the way through. Right. <laughs> that, right. that probably just like adds another layer of energy of anticipation on top of like the exciting experience of like watching this movie. Yeah. It's intense all the way through. Um, I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid. Honestly, yeah. I haven't seen this probably since my grandmother's house when I was seven, eight years old, something like that. Yeah. What um, was the experience it like rewatching it? Um, well, I, the bus jump was what stuck out in my mind, yeah. you know, exactly like we're, we're saying, this is kind of like the most absurd, memorable thing coming out of the movie watching experience, I think. Yeah. Um, but at least this time it, it struck me that, you know, it, it's, it's action packed all the way through. Yeah. In, in fact, that particular scene, just like you mentioned, I don't think is the most intense part of the movie. Yeah. Like that, 
that turn where she has to make that 90 degree turn. Yeah. That's at a 50 miles an hour. It's a more exciting scene. I think that's more exciting. Yeah. There's, there's more tension building in that. And, yeah. um, and it's more, it's more gripping. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, I think the bus jump is actually a little too absurd. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you actually, they actually show you the yeah. segment missing and there's yeah. no incline or anything yeah. like that. It's like physically impossible and for this bus to his, clear that. His comment about how, Oh, it's an off ramp. So there might be an incline. That doesn't even make sense in my head. I was right. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like you're gonna use it as a ramp to jump this thing? You're yeah. Like, yeah, that's gonna get like, the bus fifty feet. Yeah. There's nothing about this scene that makes sense, but it's still thrilling in a way. Yeah. And somehow the the, the front of the bus pops up like when they're about to do this jump, like it's alling over the yeah. second gap. And and Keanu's going through the passengers as he's kind of like a flight attendant, just yeah. like hey, let's put your bags under the <laughs> under the seat. And uh, you know, when we hit when we hit the ramp, <laughs> just put your head down between your knees and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, there there's like a calmness and like quaintness to yeah. him. Like he's very <laughs> quaint in this movie, like in some aspects. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about that bus jump scene is basically the same thing happens all over again in the end with the subway mm-hmm. <laughs> like the exact same sequence yeah. of events like they rehash it like not an hour later in right. this movie right. and like, it, i mean it works as a with movie. the missing track and everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the dialogue around that scene doesn't really make sense to me how he says oh we're gonna jump the track like the fact that he says yeah. we're gonna jump the track like <laughs> yeah well that's not the first time that that's revisited in the movie right because when he gets to the airport yeah um and uh those two guys, it's Mac and and uh, his like lieutenant or whatever. Uh-huh. They're in they're in a car, and the yeah. lieutenant is showing Mac uh, the map of the airport. Yeah, and Mac is like, "Well, let's hope it's built." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like he's, he's really happy that um, Jack is, came up with this idea. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, let's just hope it's built this time." And that then is, the yeah. train comes, and it's like the third time they're hitting that punchline, <laughs> and it's just pretty great. Yeah, it feels like a joke. I'm not. Yeah. it feels like a lot of jokes are built into this, and like the movie isn't laughing at them, but it, they do feel like jokes. Yeah, I it, think it's self-aware of how absurd it is. I think so too, because I think yeah. that that nothing's finished thing is a very LA thing, and I think that's what like they're kind of nodding their heads to mm. is that nothing's finished in LA. Everything's always under construction yeah i was watching this video on the internet of a guy guy kind of just tearing this movie apart but for fun like he was having fun with that like he always they did it from like a place of like affection but he said if these motherfuckers got into a plane right now a piece of the sky would be like not built <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and and just from a perspective of construction there's some overhead shots of and, and just exactly like that like there's some over overhead shots in this movie where you yeah. see Huge sections of the street, and it, it's just throwaway footage. Yeah. Um, huge sections of the street that are just like cut and patched and like messy asphalt yeah. on concrete streets and yeah. things like that. Um, yeah, just totally in, you know, uh, various stages of, of construction. Yeah. Like all yeah. over the place. And I feel like the movie kind of also, not just that in the end, when uh, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are sliding out of the bus, they slide through all these like emergency cones. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the state of the city. Like, we fell in love in this city under construction. Yeah, I don't think it's like re- it would be really useful, like fruitful to try to like e- extract deeper meanings from this movie. Yeah, it's very straightforward. Yeah, just I think it's straightforward. Pure, yeah. pure action. I think if there's anything like deeper in this movie, it's in the dialogue of Howard Payne, which we can talk about later, which is Dennis Hopper's character. Mm. He says like interesting things. They're kind of offhand, but they're like remotely political or like kind of like uh, commenting on something about yeah. structures that he's lived in. But the movie isn't really diving into that. It's using yeah, it. Yeah, not like, really. No, it's using him as like texture for his character yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they... They need a motive, you know. They, yeah. they just pulled a motive out of the hat. It, yeah. like, here's um, a guy who um, is resentful about the system that yeah. um, chewed him up and spit him out. Yeah. Didn't 
had no appreciation for him. He feels, you mm-hmm. know, um, and that's basically his whole motive for, for going on this. Yeah. Like, he, his motive is money and his argument for doing what he's doing is that they didn't give him a big enough pension or something. Right. That, I yeah. think that seems to be the point. I don't think he ever yeah. says that overtly, but like, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of like the, the talk around the movie, like with like the small conversation about the cheap gold watch. Yeah. Which is so that there's something underlying there. Like if you, um, compare Jeff Daniels character yeah. to, uh, Dennis Hopper's character uh-huh. early on the elevator sequence, when Jeff Daniels is lowering Keanu uh-huh. um, on that cable, yeah, uh, Keanu says, you know, I don't know. He says something about the job, and 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 uh, Jeff Daniels is like, "Hey, just thirty more years of this, you'll get a shitty little pension and a gold watch." Yeah. You know, uh, so you can cool. cool, cool. Tell me again, Harry, why did I take this job? Oh come on, thirty more years of this, you get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see that like um that even um Jeff Daniels's character is kind of cynical in a way and like you you've got yeah. cynical about that thing that in particular that yeah. the same thing that Dennis Hopper is, you know, at the end of his career is like leads him to this rampage. Yeah. Um and so it's cool that you see these three men mm-hmm. who are at the three stages, these three different stages of their career, you know, like yeah. Keanu's like the talented rambunctious, um, beginner, you mm-hmm. know, uh, he's still got all of like the vigor and confidence and wants to change everything. Yeah. Um, is totally, um, the first to act and Jeff Daniels who's older, more knowledgeable, uh-huh. um, more cynical. Yeah. I like how he's just like the tiniest bit mischievous. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Jeff Daniels was amazing in this. I really loved his performance. Yeah, it made yeah. me appreciate him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really appreciated him, but I mean, he always puts in a solid performance. Yeah. Like I said, he's a little bit mischievous, but also he looks responsible enough to be like that older brother type in this situation. The way they're playing off each other in this movie is great. The way that he's like the man in the chair for this movie is really yeah, great because yeah. <laughs> he got shot. Yeah, I mean that death scene. Like as as stupid as it is, spoiler alert, he dies. Mm-hmm. But as stupid as it as, as it is, oh, it's fucking it's on the TV right now. Yeah, as stupid as it is that they walk into this uh, house and then knowing that this dude's into bombs, like, and they just like go in there without checking for anything. Yeah, but like the setup of that scene is great. Like, basically, it's just showing you kind of getting inside Dennis Hopper's head as a character, like his setup, like he has a ton of books, like his apartment's really neat. One of his couches is covered in plastic, like very meticulous, very neat, very like uh, cerebral. He has like Mm. the cogs above his head, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, just like, that's what the word cognitive comes from. It's like cogs moving in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And like he has art on his walls and stuff like that. Just interesting thing about Dennis Hopper's character, but the way that scene ends with like that red light and no dialogue, just Jeff Daniels looking at that red light. Like that's like the kind of little thing. Like you understand that face, like the the fuck I'm dead face. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. He he confronts it, you know, a little bit. There's no panic or anything, but like you you see the realization in his eyes that he's, he's going to die right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because he's like the, he's kind of like the more heady, partner between him and Keanu, but like Dennis Hopper is kind of, kind of a mix of both those things. Like, yeah. he, like he's a hothead at some points. You, well, like he, 
I feel like in the, in the scenes where he's losing his shit a little or d- loses his cool little, like he slips a little. Like that's, that's when he starts calling Sandra Bullock wildcat and stuff like right. that. And that would come out of his mouth because he's a football fan, which is something they show. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that's he's like he's not being as cognitive. He's being like a hot like Keanu. So like it's a slip, yeah, yeah, right. Like uh, it feels like a slip, the, yeah, yeah. That's the clue that basically Keanu um, uses to I don't know uh, to loop that to yeah. loop that video, yeah. Um, it, because it happens in moments where he's like kind of shook up a little like Dennis Hopper downplays it because that's all part of the performance and like this guy's more calculated than that but it's kind of moments of like more excitement for the character when he says Wildcat so mm-hmm. yeah the way they built it is like a subtle slip like he said more than he should have like he should be smarter than this um, but also it's like kind of built in the movie that he like he let it slip a little bit did you notice um, so Jeff Daniels' character's death um I think he very directly foreshadows that in the bar after they get their medals. Uh Um, He's lecturing Keanu and he says, guts will only take you so far and then they'll get you killed. Yeah. We are the two luckiest guys in the world. You know what? We got the bad guy and we didn't lose any civilians. Yeah, we're good. No, you were lucky. No, we were lucky. You better understand it. We were dealing with a total psycho. You know, this guy could have blown us up at any time. And I got a bullet in me. Six inches off the mark, and they're giving the medal to my wife. Harry, come on, man. I mean, we won. We got it. Do you listen? Do you ever? Because I am not going to be around to back you up. So you better start thinking. Guts will get you so far, and then they'll get you killed. I think that's a direct foreshadowing to Jeff Daniels' death. You know, he charges in. Yeah. Um, and to try to capture this guy, he doesn't really, he doesn't run it by anybody really. He just like takes his, his people and tries to capture the guy. Right. Yeah. Um, moment of excitement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it reminded me actually, um, here, here we go. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to bring in Cormac McCarthy. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, it reminded me, um, of this part of the crossing where he, he says, um, in every trade except for war, uh-huh. men of talent and vigor prosper. Yeah. In war, they die. Fuck. So you know, it's like it, it makes you <laughs> it makes you think about the, oh, um, he's so good. people who are in vi- violent occupations, and it and it's it's been said elsewhere. I don't remember where, but like if you see an old soldier, like yeah. you you have to wonder like how how he made it to that age, you know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. How, you know, because the men of talent and vigor and courage and valor, you know, they die in war. Those, those aren't the people that make it out of war alive. You yeah. Know? Um, it's the little nasties that get through. Yeah. 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 The Dennis hoppers <laughs> of the world. Oh, for sure. Know? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to think about everyone that way now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all these veterans are just like, what's going on? Yeah, you old soldier, what'd you do? <laughs> just punching them? <laughs> um, this is one of the great L.A. movies, I think. Mm. I mean, geographically, mm-hmm. I think it tracks all the way through. Um, I'm kind of shit at geography, but I did Uber for a few years, so like, I'm pretty good with the geography of L.A., and like, it, it tracks in this movie. Yeah, I um, LAX in relationship to the... What is it? The 110 they were talking about? On, yeah, they're on, they're on the 110, 110. They're on the 105. Um, and one more freeway. freeway. 110, 105. And uh, I can't remember. Okay, there's one. I, yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't appreciate I appreciated that this time. Yeah. Watching it through. But I definitely didn't appreciate that when I was a kid. I growing up the desert rat. Yeah. In Mojave. So that, that, there's a map online. I think it's on the Wikipedia for the movie. 
that mm. tracks the map. Oh, wow. Like you, it has a map with the like the 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 bus, the route of the bus. Yeah, which is really interesting. And the movie gets it right. Like in, in shots, like where it's shooting, like the locale that it's shooting is like where that bus is located in the freeway. You can tell from everything that's like on the freeway or around the freeway. I think there's one scene that doesn't match up where it shows them on the five. I'm not sure they're on the five in this movie at all. Um, but anyway, it's pretty specific. I know people get really picky about this mm. in movies about like the oh, geography yeah. of it. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I don't really fucking care. If it's, like, that engaging, like, I mean, it's fiction anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's cool that, um, you know, if, if that's the case and they care about continuity, um, yeah. it leaks in a little bit in this movie how that's how Dennis Hopper catches on that he's being fooled is, like, the little, when the, the film loops and the woman sitting in the chair is holding a bag one second and the other second she's not. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a frustrated movie fan, yeah. like finding a continuity error. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think in this way, the movie is daring you, or it's like kind of like up for the challenge because um, immediately after like the first thirty minutes with the elevator and stuff like that, the first shot of Count on the it's a it's a street sign, mm-hmm. like hey, this is a place, and they're not. They're not shy about showing street signs. A lot of street signs get a, like big shots in this movie, and I think they're like daring you to follow them through this. Like, yeah, yeah, like we did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this makes sense. And if like if the rest of this movie is ridiculous, at uh, like this is L.A. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're gonna take you through L.A. and it's gonna be accurate. And it feels like the movie is like daring you to keep up with that. But that's like not only in that aspect. I think this movie is like daring you to keep up through the whole thing. Mm. Like the pace of this movie is kind of unmatched. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, there's so, so many action beats, which I think is, like, funny. Like, basically, like, a small piece of action happens, like, roughly around every five seconds of this movie. Yeah. I don't know if that's even exaggerated. Like, it could it could be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you were to watch this with a stopwatch, I you it might be that frequent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, even small beats of action, even, like, bits of dialogue that are kind of, like, propulsive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, a joke or something. But, like, it just kind of, like, gets you, like, it doesn't really let up. You know what I mean? Like... I couldn't, I couldn't like really find a, well, to say it in musical terms, I couldn't find a bridge to this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so what sets the tone early on that this is just going to be absurd action all the way through um, when they're, when Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves are responding to the bomb threat. Yeah. Their car jumps like 20 feet yeah. in the air. <laughs> like, like what the Oh my God. Yeah. It's a fucking great sequence. Cause then they pop out of the car, the camera spins around the car as they're like in the trunk on their vest. Yeah. And by the time it gets to the other side of the car, they're fucking prepped to go into the building. And Keanu slams the trunk. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. That shot is fucking brilliant. Like that's what makes this movie so great. That well thought out shot like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that the camera like does this whole thing within a couple of seconds and they're prepped. They have their vests on, they have their guns cocked and loaded. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's like some of the brilliant, like the camera in this movie is like super thoughtful. The tights are really shot, well composed. The movement in the camera is like very tight and confident. Like it all has a purpose and it's relying on like, it's a relying on the quality of the content to like kind of transcend the ridiculousness of the movie. Yeah. 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 And those things, two things are like gelling like perfectly well. Like if you think, of the opening scene, the elevator scene, mm-hmm. it's it's just like nonstop. It keeps on building, you know. The tension keeps on building, and then, like, it snaps when the crane snaps, and then like the tension builds even further when the crane starts like getting stuck on yeah. all these random objects. Yeah, like at first it's like just the edge of like this beam, and then it's like a cable, like some random cable that just happened to be there. So much suspense is built in that, and it's happening probably literally every five seconds. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah, it's so tense. It's, you know, with the woman who like will not like move yeah you know and every yeah it just keeps falling bit by bit yeah every time the crane 
busts loose and gets uh, caught on a new obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I feel like in a in a normal action movie, you might get like maybe a handful of these like set piece action sequences. I think in Jurassic Park, I think there's probably like maybe five or six in that movie. It's like a set piece and action piece. Um, I think specifically like the Velociraptor scene in the mm-hmm. restaurant, the car falling uh, falling through the tree, the T Rex chase. You know, yeah. Um, there's there's like a handful just on the bus, right? You know, like you've exactly you know, speed. You know, yeah, exactly. You've got that whole elevator sequence and um, the bus has all of these set pieces. Yeah, these these action action sequences and um, and then it moves on to. Um, is there anything between the bus and the train? I feel like there is that I'm not remembering, but, um, but yeah, it's just nonstop. Yeah. And it's really neat how they like set them up and like, it is a literally ridiculous in its execution. Like, especially like essentially the bus jump and the train jump are exactly the same thing that happened twice in this movie. Mm -hmm. And they do it just like unabashedly. Like we're, yeah, straight up. We're going to do this thing twice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the movie does kind of like nod to the, its own ridiculous, ridiculousness ridiculousness at times like i feel like a movie that was doing this now would be like sort of meta about it and kind of mm. point it out to you yeah yeah this movie kind of like brushes it off you right. know and do you I- want to talk about um keanu reeves a little bit yeah for sure i do um this is after point break right like so this is he's famous at this point Point Break was 1990 i believe yeah, yeah. and i feel like he got this part because of point break yeah 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 um, this isn't peak Keanu. I, don't, I feel like this I is, think it is. You know, I think that no, I no. Okay, I think we got it. I think that's the Matrix, right? And the Matrix. Oh, is peak, okay. Peak yes, Keanu. yes, yes. But um, that I agree that I th- I think this is the best acting I've ever seen from Keanu Reeves in this in this movie. movie? Yeah, I think so. Oh, like, okay. You know, Keanu gets a lot of hate for his acting. He does, and that's uh, something I did want to talk about. Yeah, and I. I think I know where it's coming from. Like he's not too expressive and you know, he's just kind of, he's just kind of there a lot of times. Yeah. And, but I don't think I, I have anything really against his acting, but this one, like this movie, he's like, a, he's kind of a different character. He's usually more mild mannered, yeah. but this, he's yeah. a little more cocky and uh, brash. Mm-hmm. I feel. And um, I feel like maybe it's a missed opportunity that he hasn't played more characters like this because I, th- I feel like his performance was, you know, uh, exceptionally good. Yeah, for, I mean, I think Point Break is sort of a little like this. Yeah. It was before this, but also I love Point Break. Mm-hmm. Like, this episode could have easily been Point Break. Like, that <laughs> was kind of my first choice, but I felt like Point Break gets enough love. People know how good Point Break is. I was looking at Point Break uh, reviews as I was researching this. Roger Ebert gave Point Break three and a half stars. So like mm. Point Break was doing pretty well. I think like it's depreciated in appreciation over time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think um, what's his name? Uh, Edgar Wright uh, kind of had this whole thing about Point Break in uh, Hot Fuzz, mm. and I think people like ironically started getting like excited about Point Break again. Uh-huh. I think I've unironically loved Point Break since it came out. Yeah. <laughs> My dad loved that movie. I love that movie. I think it's like incredibly quotable. But I think he's in this movie because of Point Break. I think he's in Speed because of Point Break. It's like a pretty similar character, but I mean, Keanu hadn't been an action star really like before Point Break or right. you know, um this is his second action movie. Yeah. Yeah, and he he so Pete Keanu, right, has got to be the Matrix, and I, I feel like is. he's kind of 
like in the John Wick series, it's kind of he's kind of like continuing this tradition. Yeah, like this kind of this kind of movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of kind of interesting because he is doing something else in John Wick too. Like his character is not very similar to these characters. I don't. At least I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't like thoroughly studied John Wick movies. Yeah. I have seen them. I do like them. I I just kind of see it as like this just just pure action for the sake of action kind of continuation of, you know, of this cause you've got, you know, this mid nineties Terminator two and, um, you know, die, die, die hard, hard demolition yeah, point, man, bre- point break yeah. demolition man. These like these action movies that like, I feel like the mid nineties are kind of like the heyday of that kind of action movie. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, like these John wick movies, you know, and particularly like making the choice of like Keanu Reeves starring in it is yeah. like a callback to those types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely it is. Um, I mean, it's an art in itself. I think it's the art of, I mean, this is going to sound stupid to say, but it's like the art of like getting people off, making people excited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it is an art. And if it, it, like, okay, it's, it's, I hate to say this because I am a movie guy, but I do love these movies. Like maybe this is my favorite type of movie. Mm. Like I do love speed. I love point break. And like when a movie stirs me in that way, that like, gets my adrenaline going. Like when I feel excited, like about action is like the, when I love movies the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember yeah. you making this point on the Terminator. Podcast. Yeah. 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 You were just like, I just freaking love this kind of action. Yeah, I yeah. do. I mean, and like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, don't have to be embarrassed about it. Probably no, not. Don't. I mean, there's an appreciation out there, but like, I think people appreciate them, but these are like just my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> no, they're really great. But Keanu was a known quantity by this point. I think that his biggest thing was Bill and Ted, which like mm. is iconic. Yeah. What um, was that? He, he looks older here. And Bill and Ted, I think it was 89. So, yeah. you know, five, four or five years before. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so about his acting, like, are you, do you think he's a good actor? Cause I, I think this is not the same thing as Nicolas Cage. I think, I think, I think, yeah. yeah. Nicolas Cage is, is like an auteur compared to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You know, I feel like Keanu Reeves is not recognized at all. Like um, Nicolas Cage is recognized by a lot of people as very, um, creative yeah. and, and, uh, you know, actor who takes risks and, and goes way out there. Yeah. Um, Keanu definitely doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, they're similar in that both of them get criticized for their acting. Um, yeah. But Keanu, I think is just more, a little more wooden, you know, he, he, he just doesn't ex- express, uh, much I feel like, but yeah. Yeah. I, but there's something about him that works. I think, I don't know if it's his looks cause like he's a good looking dude. I think he looks fucking great in this movie specifically. Yeah. Like that haircut he has, um, there's a whole story about like they didn't want him to cut, or he didn't, it was like a big thing for him to cut his hair. Yeah. Because his hair was long and point break and everybody loved him in that. And like people were shocked when he showed up on set day one with this buzz cut. And they said it was even shorter like this. Like the look in this movie is his hair grown in after he had buzzed his head. Yeah, I had just kind of like a, a joking thought that like maybe I think he's a better actor in this because he's chewing gum a lot. <laughs> like his face is doing more, you know, like his, maybe is just because of his jaw is moving. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about the chewing, yeah. <laughs> chewing gum is kind of a trope. Like the apple, like we said in TMNT, yeah. how the apple is like a trope. Chewing gum is also like a tropey thing for like a cocky dude. Right. Yeah. That's similar. What is it about eating? <laughs> like, you're a cocky dude. Like, Oh, eating is for cocky people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't care if I'm, I don't yeah. care that you or see look- me 
chewing. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know. It's like eating like a vulnerable thing. So to do it in front of people means like you're overly confident or something. Yeah. yeah. But I was, I was thinking about that. Like, Oh, chewing gum is definitely a trope. And yeah, he is chewing gum a lot in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, that's why I think that's kind of why I kind of characterized him as more brash, more confident in this. Yeah. That's Probably definitely one the, of the things. The chewing gum was a component of that. Yeah. But it's like from the really snappy dialogue in the elevator shaft too. Speaking of that, isn't it like the first 25, 30 minutes of this movie is like a completely different movie? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, they are related. Yes. It makes sense in like the story arc, but also it's, it's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole other thing that happens. Like it's, it's this whole other case. Like you, you get this rapport between Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves, which I think they're fucking great together. I love them in this movie together, like as a, a pair, mm-hmm. which I think is like very rare. I would have loved to see it more. And it's because of the dyna- dynamic I was talking about. But, um, what I what I did read is like the first that whole elevator shaft scene, the whole elevator scene, the whole first thirty minutes in the movie wasn't in the original script. Really? Yeah. So this, it was. It just goes right into the bus. Yeah, exactly. So it starts with the bus. I think probably Keanu at the coffee shop like that. Like that's where the movie yeah. starts. So the movie would have been like an hour and a half long because it's like an hour fifty five. I think. Okay. Um. So the, the original script didn't have that. The real original script was bought without that first piece, but they wouldn't produce it without something else. Um, and that's because they said Keanu's character was too similar to Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard. Oh, like, yeah, I see that. the original yeah. script. He was more like that. Like he was just like kind of like cocky and quick witted and like right. ran his mouth a lot like that. Right. And, and um, you know, this movie without the elevator. Yeah. I think Keanu was more like, John McClane in that John McClane just kind of finds himself in this situation. You know, yeah. like there's no rhyme or reason as to why him and why this situation, right. It's yeah. just kind of like coincidental. Yeah. Um, I think that would be, that would be very similar to, to die hard. I, I, I like that they added the elevator for sure. Sequence. It makes the, I mean, it, it doesn't make the movie, but it makes the movie hell of a lot better. Yes. Yeah. The movie would have worked without it. It quote unquote worked without it and makes this villain much more rich. You know, yeah. Cause yeah. It, it adds, you know, introduces the villain. Mm-hmm. You kind of understand him a little. I mean, you don't understand him until later. Yeah. And um, what I thought was interesting is that at the end of the elevator sequence, he blows up, mm-hmm. right? Or you think he blows up, or Keanu thinks he blows up, uh, but you don't see him die off screen. I think every movie watcher knows that, like, if you don't see the guy die, then he's definitely <laughs> yeah. coming back, especially with 20 minutes into the movie. Um, <laughs> But the movie wastes no time reintroducing him. No, yeah, that's what I noticed too. It goes right back into it. Right back into it. Yeah, like it's not a mystery or anything. Keanu gets his medal and he's applauding him, um, you know, on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was interesting that it just like, it doesn't make that a twist later. It's just like, nope, he's right back. I noticed that too. Yeah. It reminded me about a point about Jurassic Park and how they just like introduce you to the fact that dinosaurs are going to kill people. Like yeah. first yeah. scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of kills it. It doesn't make that the suspense. Cause that would be kind of corny. That would be cheap. You know what I mean? Right. This movie is above that in a strange way. Like yeah, they yeah. know what they're fucking doing. With exactly. the writing of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's like mm-hmm. this movie knows what it is. Let's yeah. not waste time with that. Yeah. Like that twist, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, cause Hopper needs to be in this movie all the way throughout yeah. as this maniacal villain. Great performance, by the way. Like I haven't seen a whole lot of Dennis Hopper movies. I think I've only uh, the only one uh, other one I've seen is Apocalypse Now. Mm. Um, and but he's he's a minor character in that. Yeah. So you haven't seen Easy Rider? I haven't seen Easy Rider. Oh, no. You got to watch it. All right. Great we'll motorcycle. Make it an episode. Great motorcycle movie. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Um, psychedelic as fuck. He directed it. 
also about like the that this movie does weird things, but it it's no it knows what it's doing is the opening credits. Mm. Now that we're on the like the elevator shaft, the opening oh, yeah. credits. This is bizarre to me. They're very strange. The the 3D. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the the credits themselves, like the words, are like angled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like and like they and they and they even make this obvious that the fact that the credit this when it says speed, it comes toward the screen, but it like kind of like swings toward the screen. Yeah. It's a, it's a really weird choice, but the fact that they started with that because I think the purpose of credits is to like set the tone, basic like usually. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before with other movies, like with Moneyball. The Matrix and stuff like that. Things that we mentioned before, the credits usually like kind of want to tell a little story, set the tone, tell you what you're about to see. I don't think this does that. No. It's weird. They don't belong. You know, yeah. And it, they look like a font from Windows 95, you know, when, yeah. when they, the first uh, graphic user interfaces. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it just looks that, like a that cheesy speak, old font. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if that's speaking to the, like, the limitations of technology at the time. Uh-huh. Or if that's intentional. I wouldn't put it past this movie that it's intentional. But what I did notice that is if you're watching those credits on the far right of the screen, you're seeing as the elevator and the elevator descends through this elevator shaft, you're seeing on the far right of the screen the countdown mm. of the of the floors. You can see it on the right of the screen, like the floors are counting down. And basically it feels like a countdown to like this fucking explosive mm-hmm. movie. Like that's mm. what it feels like to me. That's what it feels like they're setting up as like like, are, are you ready for this? Like, yeah. like we're going to count down for 50. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know if people were able to see that with, like, lower definition. But, like, in, in, it's clear as day on Blu-ray or, mm. like, whatever. It's streaming right now. But, yeah, it's clear as day. Like, you can just see it counting down. And, like, it, it goes all the way to one, but it even goes past one to, like, parking because that's where Dennis Hopper is in the beginning. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Like, that may have been like the purpose of this like we're gonna count down and this shit is about to go off like they're like just hyping up you know yeah yeah so this is uh episode 18 right of our uh podcast it is i something crossed my mind earlier and i was um wondering what what you think uh what actor has appeared in the most episodes the most movies Hmm. that we've done i don't know because in this one we've got alan ruck and he did ferris bueller yeah and uh it's also got joe morton joe morton Terminator 2. Yes. Um, I can't think of any other actor who's been in three. We don't have a lot of crossover, I don't think. Yeah, not a whole lot. Yeah, we've been trying to spread it out pretty evenly. Um, Has John Goodman been in more than one? What's he been in? Speed Racer. Okay, Speed Racer, yeah. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, this kind of crossed my mind earlier because I did notice Ellen Ruck. Yeah. Yeah, and then we haven't done anything else with Jeff Daniels. I don't think so. Which we got got a remedy. I love Jeff Daniels, dude. Yeah, um, maybe Squid in the Whale. That's like that's that would be one. fucking great. Yeah, is it, is that Bombach? Noah Bombach? Noah Bombach. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the wife? Is that Laura Linney? Laura Linney's in oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be a fun one. That would be a fun one. I love that movie. Jeff Daniels is great in that too. Like I said, he's not afraid to be like to play the dumb guy or something. Like, it's yeah. not even dumb. It's like he's just kind of a. He's oblivious in that movie. He's oblivious. He's like an oblivious uh, intellectual guy. Yeah. I was thinking yeah, about that. He's an idiot. Like, yeah. He's an idiotic intellectual guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange. <laughs> oh, okay. he's like, he doesn't have any common sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like. Kind of blind. It's kind of true of a lot of like intellectual people I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't have a lot of common sense. Yeah. Like you just, you just like overthink, you just overshoot because you're overthinking or not overthinking, but you're just thinking about something else on like a higher plane. I think sometimes I lack a lot of common sense, which makes me hard to deal with. <laughs> 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 because I will just like overthink over the obvious stuff. Mm. But he was well into his career during this movie. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. 
He had he, he hasn't he hasn't when, had the, the range that this guy has. When did he do Dumb and Dumber? I feel like this is like right. We have to bring that up. Same year. Same year. Same year. Oh my god! Characters have the same name. <laughs> oh, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This was in my nose, but Sergio. I was talking to Sergio online because uh, he was talking. He he told me that he was watching this movie in preparation for this pod. And he mentioned that. And that was already in my notes. I was like, yeah, in my notes, he's like, I would love to write fan fiction about how he, like, those movies are connected. Like, it's the same character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to write, a f- you know, just something about that guy, perform- like, that kind of work where you're doing this character and Harry from Dumb and Dumber, like, all <laughs> in the same year. Like, what kind of headspace? You yeah, and, and he fucking kills both of them. Like, yeah. he's so fucking good at he's both of them. He's an amazing actor. Like, maybe Dumb and Dumber is it's probably, like, if you're going to, like, iconic performance, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's most well-known for. Like, widely, I think. I mean, like, if you're into movies, even a little, not even a pseudophile, you know who Jeff Daniels is. Yeah. Um, but I think Dumb and Dumber might be his most iconic character. I think so, yeah. yeah but, like, he's, he's, like, so fucking versatile. Like... Mm-hmm. He had a couple things. I think um, maybe the big one before this was Something Wild. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, Jonathan Demme. Oh, yeah. And uh, Something Wild. Isn't, um, God, what's her name? Rogue from X-Men. Isn't she in that? No. That's, uh, are you thinking Fly Away Home? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Anna Paquin? Yeah, Anna Paquin. No, dude, that was like two years after this. Uh, Wasn't Jeff Daniels in that, though? (laughs) Jeff Daniels was in that, and he's good in that, too. All right. I I can't name a fucking single movie that he's bad in. No, he's awesome. Yeah. Newsroom? Oh, my so, newsroom is great. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking oh. Jeff He's Daniels. so good. I we need I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little sip of this to Jeff Daniels. Yeah, there you go, Jeff. Um, yeah, because he's amazing. He's a treasure. People don't talk about him enough. I think he's widely appreciated. I think people know about his skills, but like he needs to be in the conversation constantly, I think. Yeah, I mean, props to Sergio for that point. That's like so interesting that he did this and and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, he's in, the even same, in, the in the same as, year. Like, uh, in, in, like if you just look at it as like the journey of an actor, like to do that mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's no easy feat for sure. Appreciate it. Another great actor in this movie, Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. So, Dennis Hopper, in my opinion, is just shown. It's a fact that he's like the epitome of the madman in American movies. Like he's just mm-hmm. a fucking psychopath. Yeah, and he's so good at it. So convincing. Yeah, that laugh. Yeah. His eyes. Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. seen Blue Velvet. I want to say. It's a classic. I have. I don't know. I think if you had, you would know. But he plays yeah. a fucking psycho in Blue Velvet. He's just like. I don't think I have. It's yeah. an uncomfortable performance. Like, it's hard to watch. Is that. Um, Isabella Rossellini. Okay. He's in this. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Laura Dern. A um, bunch of people. But, yeah, watch it. Is, is, that, it, is that a David Lynch movie? It's a David Lynch movie. Okay. Um, excellent. Yeah. Um, so he had this whole career as an actor, but this has happened like three times. So he was an actor. He was a director. He had a photography career. And by the time blue velvet came around, his career had like died. Like Mm. blue velvet was like a revival of his career. And that was like 89 already. So he had this like whole illustrious career in the sixties where he was like popping off. And he's known as like the badass of Hollywood. Like he directed easy writer. Like you don't get any fucking cooler than that. And I think he was had like, a fucking major drug issue. And he was just like unpredictable. Like he was explosive. And you really get that like in this movie. And I think his career had died even after blue velvet, like his career had lived two lives by the time he's in speed. Yeah. And he was kind of 
revived again. I think in this movie, like this movie is like pretty iconic for him. The, the performance is like super weird um, in this movie. I think it's a little weird. Yeah. Do you wonder, um, so Dennis Hopper in this movie, do you wonder, um, given all of, all of what you just said, do yeah. you wonder that he has some of those same feelings as his character, as a guy who's like used up and spit out by Hollywood? Yeah. Hollywood. That no, he, I can totally he had see that. Kind of, his career kind of imploded, as you said, and had was revived. Yeah. Blue Velvet. Yeah. I mean, probably yes. I mean, he seemed like, I mean, because of his confidence and like his strangest, he seemed like maybe he was always like in control of his career path, but that's probably not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He probably did feel a little used up because like easy rider changed like a lot of shit. It changed a lot of shit about like sound design editing. It's a fucking bizarre movie. Like if you watch easy rider, there's so many like strange, cool new things that that are happening in that movie that just didn't happen in movies before that. And I think easy rider was like 1969 or something. But if, you just watch the way it's cut. It's like so bizarre. Like it's doing things that like people use now that you wouldn't even appreciate because it's like, just like this subliminal things that make it like a psychedelic experience, but also like a frenetic experience. Like mm. that movie is just like happens to you. It's like really strange. And you wouldn't even notice like the ways in, like, like, yeah, I think sure you'll feel away because it, it, it seems like kind of chaotic, but you're not really sure why you would feel that way watching Easy Rider. And he was like a Hollywood rebel. So I can imagine, yes, like after like living through the system. Yeah. He was kind of like torn, torn apart or like used up a little bit. You right, know? Right. Yeah. He and, had this high and then he wasn't much yeah. of a, much of a big deal after that. But yeah. So turning point was kind of a, or uh, sorry, Easy Rider was kind of a turning point. And yeah, for movies. movies yeah. Easy yeah. Rider is definitely a turning point for movies. Like, yeah, if you, it, I mean, I'm sure you would appreciate it. You would just like notice all these little things that it's doing that are just like, like strange like even now and like but they they work like really well in this like they feel low budget but they also feel like kind of deliberate enough to like being meaningful and like brilliant in their own way like yeah yeah, it's really interesting what he's doing in this movie is like really strange what he's doing in speed is like i don't know the way he's moving his body and i'm not sure if this is like i'm not sure if it's a result of his age Mm -hmm. the way he's moving in this movie but it just seems very like purposeful, but like, he's like kind of like mechanic and stiff. Like when he's waving like that gun or not the gun, uh, like oh, the detonator yeah, right. in when front of her face. Yeah. He's taunting Sandra Bullock. About, yeah. yeah. With it. There's something like kind of stiff and mechanical about it, but yeah. it just like makes you more uncomfortable about that character. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that uncanny Valley, you know, it's like, it's yeah. close to the way a human moves. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite the way a human. Moves. Yeah. And it throws you off a little bit about right. him. Like you don't know what's going on in this guy's head. Like there's got to be something more wrong with this dude. Like he's just not even moving like, like a regular person would like, um, in the explosion following the elevator shaft when like Keanu shoots Jeff Daniels, which is a great scene. Oh yeah. That sticks in my mind is when he walks like after he shoots Jeff Daniels and he walks out of the door and he looks back What I was about to say. God, it sticks in my mind. It's a haunting shot. Yeah. 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 Really haunting shot. Yeah. Just that shot is like, it's so bizarre. Like the, it's like in a, it's like in a Dutch angle, the camera, like, and he's walking away and like, that's just the look on his face and the way he walks away, he's like waddling away almost like, like a little. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And like the, the, like the look on his face, the way it changes from like, it's kind of like worried or stressed. And then he starts laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very, yes. I mean, like that's that specific shot stuck out of my mind this time. Like that shot is just like so like unsettling. It's like, it's menacing, but also it's like kind of camp, which like fits in with the rest of this movie, you know? 
but it's it's successful in that moment i think like the to to follow up that whole scene with that explosion cannon falling against it like I don't like the, like I said, action beats, like there's at least a couple action beats in that scene alone, you know, mm-hmm. which is wild. Cause it goes off like the whole shoot the hostage situation. It's like, that's a point of comedy, but like, I mean, it, it's funny. And like when he just shrugs it off, yeah, another beat, like <laughs> right. hilarious. Like it's, that's so funny that like Keanu just like shrugs that off in like this whole fucking the middle of this whole situation and right. things like that continually happen in the movie where like, uh, just like a weird little thing will happen in the middle of like a big scene. That's like, uh, it, yeah i don't know I, I love that that pop quiz shot hot shot recurs yeah. you know yeah um, yeah like uh you know you got dennis hopper rec- you know listening in and yeah therefore he can he can kind of use that dynamic between jeff and keanu to um, yeah uh, apparently josh whedon is credited for that because he did he was like the script doctor on this really yeah that was his line Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Josh a... Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he is he is he done? Yeah, is he fired. Yeah. Um, oh, is this because of the uh, Justice League stuff? Like he was super mean to all the actors. Yeah, there was that. They're saying he's not the best to work with. I see. Yeah, which is wild. And he's like been like going off online. He seems like I'm so much better than other bosses, which isn't like the best defense. Right. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about how Sandra Bullock and Counter Reeves are just like fucking hitting it off in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their chemistry is amazing. Right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just me. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, like they're kind of thrown together into this very high stress situation and they play with that idea, you know, at the, yeah. at the end where they, where she says, you know, I heard relationships that start under intense circumstances. Yeah. Last, you know. <laughs> They play with it. But, yeah. You know, cause, but you, you can see them like bonding. You like, can. Yeah. This intense yeah. experience. Uh, be, uh, I, I there's, think a, there's a particular moment when on the bus, like they're holding hands. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yes. I did notice that. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll like hover over her and he was talking to her and like, when the short, like the the shot switches over, like his hand is over her hand. Yeah, like he grabbed it to like comfort her or something. It's really subtle. They're I, slowly I, I connecting. Yeah. yeah, and like that's the point that the movie makes is that like they are developing this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like not ignoring it. This relationship is developing as the action develops, and. I mean, it starts off with like, it, it feels like they're like intensely attracted to each other at first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like the first thing they notice about each other in the movie, but the relationship does develop. Yeah. Yeah. I kind, thought kind of reflected in that. Um, like immediately she's like annoyed with him. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times yeah. like when a girl or when a girl and a guy like each other, they kind of just like, they're kind of like annoyed with each other. Yeah. With, I think it's know? like the first sign of affection that like they have that effect on you that they could be annoying to you. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see that too. Um, yeah. Just like the way they're, they're kind of like intimate, like not intimate, but like physical with each other. Like they keep like really close proximity. I don't know. Just like their body language in this, the way they talk to each other. I think, yeah, the, the chemistry is like absolutely fucking there in my research. Apparently like he would leave her gifts like during mm. shooting. Like I think like, for sure he is crushing her. And I think that totally comes through in the movie. Yeah. They totally fucking hit it off in this movie. And when they slide through those emergency cones, like I was saying, and like he has his hand on her waist, like you're just like feeling that fucking buzz. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not coincidental that the last line in this movie is related to sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> because that is exactly what's on everyone's mind at mm. the end of this movie. It's like these two need to fuck like right now. <laughs> yeah. In partic- like particularly when they slide out on the access panel from the from the bus. Yeah. Like that's a really like 
kind of like evocative shot or yeah. and, and ve- like the chemistry is palpable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's yeah. one of my favorite parts about this movie. Um, I think one of my friends, shout out Yvette, doesn't like her performance in this and I'm a little, I'm a little bit, uh, oh, no? I'm a little bit shook by that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, she might have to come onto the show and defend her position. I know, right? We should call in. We should call in and see what's up. We'll right. go, hey, what's up? Um, let's talk about some of our favorite scenes. I, like, I, like, this is not going to be a normal episode where we like dissect a scene. Let's just talk about some of our favorite scenes. I'm going to let you go first. I know you don't have much written down, but if you just want to spit some out, let me have it. I love the scene in the bar when Harry's drunk. Yeah. And um, he's you know, laying wisdom out for, um, and it's, it's Mac and Harry yeah. and, and they're kind of lecturing Keanu, you know, it's like, because Keanu's like, we were good, you know, and Mac and Harry were like, no, we were lucky. Yeah. Like you need to learn, man. Yeah. Like, we were lucky. We weren't good. That's great dialogue. Yeah. It was one like really good, really good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and just on the subject of dialogue, like there are so many just kind of, dry and sarcastic jokes throughout this whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. um, when uh, um, they're kind of huddling around in the lobby of the building in the very beginning, and uh, somebody's like, uh, what, what can we do to stop the elevator if the brakes go out? Uh, or what's going to stop the elevator when the brakes go out? And Keanu's like, basement. basement. <laughs> like, inappropriate, man. Inappropriate. <laughs> But that's kind of the writing of this. It's like really quippy and dry, yeah. sarcastic, yeah. you know, and dark. Yeah. And that's like kind of first on my list is the opening shootout. Mm-hmm. Shoot the hostage. Oh, yeah. Where Dennis operates only him and Jeff Daniels says like, shoot the hostage, <laughs> which rolls into the next scene where like they're giving him a medal. He's like, they're giving you a medal. Like you shot me and they're giving you a medal. Like I love you, that. Harry, you <laughs> asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> that back and forth it's yeah. like you see their chemistry too yeah. Keanu Reeves is just like fucking hitting it off with everybody in this movie yeah. I think that's what makes him electric like that's part of it like his yeah, charisma yeah. He that, has like, that's probably it because like all of the characters he's just yeah, you're, it's yeah. easy to gravitate toward, toward Keanu Reeves the same thing was happening in Point Break I think the only person that kind of I'm not okay. I'm not going to make that kind of a statement, but in Point Break specifically, Patrick Swayze is shining him out, uh, uh, like sh- outshining him a little. Yeah. But Patrick Swayze was like one of the most fucking charismatic people on earth. Right. Right. Which, which I just recently like fucking discovered. I mean, I knew he was good in Point Break. I fucking love Patrick Swayze's point character in Point Break, but in Dirty Dancing, like, god damn, like Patrick Swayze is one. Well, he was one of the most charismatic actors on earth. Like it was just like impossible to get out of that and. I think because of that, like maybe Keanu was overshadowed, but Keanu has like a ton of charisma, especially in this movie. And do you think it's the same dynamic that, that like it's Swayze and Keanu bonding and the fact that they can mesh so well, it like, it like makes Keanu even more charismatic or it like makes, you know, for sure. The fact that he's able to like make this connection with this bank robber. Yeah. You know, um, like catch that wave. Right. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Save it for Point Break. We're going to have to do Mm. that one. I love Point Break. I have a lot to say about Point Break, especially Patrick Swayze's character. It's wild. Like that movie is so wild. Um, Any other scenes that you have in mind? Because I have a list. No, go for it. Gigantor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to get the driver off. Just him? For now. Gigantor. Or peace. This is one of my favorite things that happens. It's fucking... It's so odd that you might miss it. It's like, what? Right, right. Gigantor. <laughs> you, Gigantor. He's like, I need your Ortiz. help. <laughs> right. My name's Ortiz. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 
that I love is, when they're they 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 all feel like they're about to die, and uh, Alan Ruck is like, "I can't die here, man. I, can't. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be here." Yeah, he's and, basically doing Cameron, and that yeah. yeah. Ortiz is like, "Shut up, man. I've got a wife." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other guy is like, "Hey, since you have a wife." Does that mean your more, yeah. your life is more important? Yeah, than he's mine? like, does that just make us expendable? And in that <laughs> argument, as it escalates, he calls him Gigantor, yeah. which, is, which is so amazing. He tops the name. You hear Keanu say it once, and he's like, yeah, that dude's Gigantor. Right. Like, yeah, so like you think retrospectively, like that guy was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> he was just waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like the oddest group of people on that bus. It's like, it's mm-hmm. fucking strange. Like, what is happening in this bus? Like, between Alan Ruck, Gigantor, yeah. and the guy who calls him Gigantor, like... There's a guy who's uh, about to shoot Keanu Reeves. So, like, some oh, guilty, yeah. <laughs> guilty criminal. It's like... Oh my God! He pulls out his gun immediately. Yeah. <laughs> what must be going through his mind that like a cop like jumps from a moving car onto the bus? <laughs> what did he do that like? That I he suspect would think a cop. I would suspect get, meth is what he did. It's that meth paranoia. Yeah. But um, in that video that I watched on YouTube, the guy tearing in the spark, he was saying like, if Keanu. Like the logic here is like, is this guy involved? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but either like Beth, uh, Beth Grant's on the bus and she's uh, the older woman uh, oh, yeah. who gets blown up. Um, yeah. She's from Donnie Darko, but like also always just plays a fucking strange ass character. She's not just strange in this, but she is annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's has a really powerful scene though. Like right before she gets blown up. Yeah. That acting is really powerful. Um, when you see on her face and you can see the calculation she's doing in her mind, whether yeah. or not to go or not. Yeah. She's so distressed. She's a good actor. Yeah. She's really great. Yeah. Um, Keanu jumping on the bus, that whole scene, like after he has to chase the bus, when he gets the call, the phone call on the payphone, which I, I just noticed this, this time, but, um, I mean, it's weird that he answers the payphone. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the shot of the payphone is really cool because you see the flames reflected on the, like the black of the payphone, mm. which is like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool shot. Um, but that whole scene from when Keanu gets that call to when he chases the bus, gets on the bus, which he did himself. He did that stunt himself. No way. Yeah. Jumping from the car to the bus. Holy crap. Um, Cause I noticed like there's, there's some like leg dragging a little bit, you know, on the pavement. Yeah. Like, that's intense. It is intense. Yeah. Um, uh, the story is that he practiced this for weeks. Didn't tell the director, which I think like, how does the director not know? I feel like that's what the story is right. for liability. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, he had practiced this for weeks and day of shooting comes and he does it. Damn. Which is like fucking impressive. Like that's scary shit. But like it goes to his like athletic ability. And I think that's another thing about Keanu is that like the way he carries himself, just like his physique. Um, he has this boyishness too. I'm going off on Keanu again. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but he has like this boyishness, but also this recklessness that's like mixing in this movie very well too. Yeah. Um, but that whole scene, jumping onto the bus, the fact that he did it himself is like kind of fucking incredible to me. Athleticism is amazing in a movie. Like that's kind of something we don't get so much in movies like that, where that's highlighted. That used to be like a big thing in movies. Like first thing that comes to mind is singing in the rain, the pure athleticism of that dancing and singing in the rain. Like there's a scene in singing in the rain where this dude's dancing and he jumps from the floor to the top of a piano 
and just keeps mm. on dancing. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it makes it seem so effortless that you you can miss it. You could easily miss that in that number. Right. Anyway, athleticism. And in dance, which you yeah. don't automatically associate with athleticism. Exactly. But, but it's know. entirely athletic. Yeah. I think athleticism is a point he has for him along with his charming good looks. Yeah. And like his more recent action movies like John Wick, I you know, you see a lot in the media of him like doing his own stunts, um, learning how to shoot. Like you can you can go on YouTube and watch videos of Keanu Reeves doing like three gun drills on shooting ranges. Oh, yeah. Like pistol rifle Fucking shotgun good. yeah and like he's very well trained yeah like and uh which i think i didn't know it went that far back to yeah. speed to like him doing his own stunts yeah. and, and stuff like that yeah i think um i mean maybe maybe this is an assumption but a lot of our listeners probably don't shoot guns but that's a hard thing to do to be that accurate to be that efficient with a gun is a hard thing to do yeah moving around through an obstacle course and yeah and, yeah and it's difficult switching. it's fucking difficult yeah um the jump you have to mention that if you're talking about best scenes I mean, is it, is it, I, it's a great scene. It's, you know, like we mentioned, it's very, it's the memory you take out of the, the experience. Yeah. Uh, and, but I don't know. And there's, a, there's a lot of more tense. Yeah. Scenes. I think, um, and kind of the culture of viewing movies that we have now where we get exposed to things over and over again. And like, it doesn't stand out now. I don't think it stands yeah. out now, which is I, weird. I think it's the absurdity of the premise that really makes it stand out. It's like, oh my, this bus jumps a 50 foot gap. Yeah, but you're already I think everybody in, watching it knows yeah. it's physically impossible. Yeah, but you're already buying into like a laundry list of things to suspend your dis- disbelief in this movie. Right. By the time you get to the bus jump, that seems like, okay, like, fuck it. Yeah. You're like, you're fucking at <laughs> right. that point. You know what I mean? Right. This movie like ups the fuck it circumstances over and over again, you know? It's not jumping the shark quite. You know, yeah, like, I mean, but it is, but like, we're going to make jumping the shark fucking amazing. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to agree with that. It, I think it is jumping the shark, but it's like, it works. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if we just like shoot jumping the shark really well, like that's, this shit is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the part where Keanu slides under the bus. Hmm. I think that is like a fucking exciting piece of action. The way that shot with the hanger, the giant air, like the giant uh, plane hanger in the back. Yeah. That framing on that shot is fucking incredible. Like it, it just makes, I mean, that hanger is obviously huge because you could tell in perspective, but Keanu is so much bigger in that scene. So it just makes him look so fucking big as like a character and a presence in that scene. Yeah. And you can tell that's Keanu getting on that like fucking little, I don't know, that moving cart that he gets on. Oh, and to circle back to the chemistry bit between Keanu and, and Sandra. That the, look. The icon. God damn. Fuck yeah, dude. That's so great. Yeah, that hits. That fucking yeah. hits. Yeah. yeah. That also caught my attention this time. That look is just like. Like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They, they love each other. Yeah. Like they're, if, yeah, if they're like, if they're not just like hitting off in person, that's like fucking acting right there. Yeah. Cause that look yeah. is like completely genuine. Yeah. Like the concern on her face, like the, yeah. It, yeah. I felt that too. I found mm-hmm. that shit brewing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> scene. Whole scene is amazing. Um, him under that when like the debris going on in the tires, losing control, that screwdriver in the gas tank, him pulling himself up, like Ortiz looking down, like I see him. He's fine. Oh my God. When he comes back into the bus and Sandra Bullock's like, what you didn't, Need, you need another challenge? You have to freaking <laughs> puncture the gas tank? <laughs> and then it jumps from that to immediately like, hey, like found out he has a camera. Let's do this. Change it up. Like fucking nonstop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I rated this four and a half stars. This is going to five when I'm done with this episode. Nice. Immediately. Immediately. Nice. Um, oh, darn. Oh. 
Alan Ruck. <laughs> Alan Ruck. That I audibly laughed. Because <laughs> yeah. he, like, he kind great. of feel it coming, which is like the great thing about right, that. Right. Yeah. We got a wad. Pretty big. There's a pretty big wad. Brass fittings. Brass fittings. I think I can reach the circuit wire. He can reach the circuit wire. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. That's a, that's a decoy. Classic. That's your classic decoy. What else? What else? Hold on. Hold on. Darn. Right. <laughs> he's on the phone with Jeff Daniels, yeah. right? When, yeah. And he's just relaying what yeah. Keanu's saying about the bomb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, darn. Yeah. I forgot what Keanu says. He says something like, fuck, or like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like pauses, like, oh, oh darn. Like, you can't. <laughs> I wonder where he's from because he doesn't seem like a. He's a tourist, but he doesn't seem like he's from the country. Oh, I thought you meant the actor, because I was like, this, this, oh, fucker, this motherfucker's got to be Canadian. He feels <laughs> Canadian to me. He, he does seem Canadian. <laughs> like I look yeah, up. please Google it, because he feels Canadian as fuck. <laughs> uh, let's, let's see here. Sorry, this is some dead air. That's fine. It's compelling content. Oh, Cleveland. Oh, shit. Cleveland. Okay. That would have been my next guess. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay. Another scene. The va- oh, okay. I'm going to call it the vagina joke, but it's not really a vagina joke. But when Keanu gets on the bus and he's like looking around for wires and stuff, he puts his head like between Sandra Bullock's legs. Oh, and yeah. he says, no, it's clean. She's like, <laughs> she's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <this is> great. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fucking <laughs> Her reaction is just so good, yeah. and like the 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 way it's like set up is it isn't it isn't even filmed to play off like a joke, right? They don't dwell on it. Yeah, they, they move right on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's clean. Yeah. yeah, the movie doesn't set it up like it's a joke. Like it right. doesn't. Like the movie doesn't make a big deal out of it. But yeah. like Sandra Bullock reacts to it for sure. Yeah. You talking about my? Dad? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like classic. It's so good. Um, another scene is uh, Sandra Bullock. Did we bomb this guy's country or something? Oh <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. About like the little things like said here and there. And like, there's fucking a lot to yeah. that right there. Yeah. So why is all this happening? I mean, what do we do? Bomb the guy's country or something? And this is 1994. This was, um, you know, pre Iraq War, but post. Uh, Gulf War. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, it's it's smack in the middle of the Middle East conflict. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's kind of wild. I mean, this movie, I mean, this movie's thinking a little bit. Yeah. For sure, it's thinking a, at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and about like. Well, and, it, you know, it might be because I, I think, I think like the Middle Eastern terrorist as the villain has been done ad nauseum in action movies to this point. Yeah. And that's not what this one is. It's just a retired police department, you know, bomb squad guy. That's just resentful about losing a finger and not being appreciated for it or something. Yeah. Which is like kind of, I mean, it's speaking to the truth of like domestic terrorism, where like it's mostly like white guys, like dissolution white guys. Yeah, which is interesting. This movie's kind of ahead of its time in that way, and in that small one line, you know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I think it, it, yeah, it could be. You know, it 
it's it's doubling as a comment on what's going on in the world. Yeah. And also probably commenting on how frequently that's used as a trope in other action movies. Definitely. You know, yeah. I, I can I don't know thinking of a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where that's that's the case. Like it's probably coming it probably came out around the same time. I can't remember what it was. Which one? Um for some reason I'm thinking collateral damage. That's way later. Yeah. You know, it might be collateral damage or he's got like a daughter that he has to rescue and like a skyscraper and there's a jet. Oh, that's true lies. True lies. That's probably after 94, right? James Cameron. Um, I think I feel like true lies was 96. Let's see how good you are. 94. Oh shit. Damn. This was, was a fucking big year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eliza Dushku was in that. I love Eliza Dushku. Yeah. She's amazing. Uh, okay. My idea for one of the episodes is bring it on. I love bring it on. Okay. If if we can bring a guest on, if anyone's listening yeah. now who wants to talk about Bring It On, let's talk about Bring It On because that's that's a good movie. Nice. My last favorite scene. We already talked about this, but the last two lines of dialogue in this movie, where Ken was talking about like relationships based on like. Oh yeah. Yeah. He well, brings back ma'am. Yeah. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last line in the of the movie is. We'll have to base it on sex then. Yeah, and he says, whatever you say, man. Yeah. Okay, that's the last line of the movie. That, I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's like this movie knows that this relationship is working, and like, and it knows that like it's kind of at the base of this movie. It's like the, the foundation of this movie is that like they're hitting it off so well, mm-hmm. and the fact that like that's the final line, like, and every, like this movie knows that everyone wants to see him fuck at this point. Like, right. <laughs> And that's like clap worthy. Like you get out of your seat and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their, their relationship is so good. And, and or like the, the chemistry is so good. Like yeah. This could be like, you take that nucleus and like, you could recreate that in like so many different settings. Yeah. And has, you know, like I think they've been in a romantic movie together before, like the, the, subsequently the, the, the lake, lake house. house or something. Yes. Yeah. I never saw that. I wonder if it's good. I heard it wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it. Well, there goes that theory. I think it was like a dramatic, romantic. Yeah. I think time travel is involved. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh Like they both occupy a lake house in like different universes or different timelines or something. Oh, okay. And they, they communicate with each other through a mailbox (laughs) or something. Um, and I'm, I've never seen the movie. Yeah. I have no idea if I just probably not good. No. (laughs) I don't. I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that movie. I I don't think I. No, I mean I like I'm it, just it sounds regurgitating what <laughs> no, I learned yeah, no, from no, the, pre- no, from no, the I previews. Feel, I, I just mean like I feel like it's cliche enough. Like yeah, that oh, probably right. was what the movie was about because I've right. seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is like it's like their chemistry could be a nucleus for so many other different movies. You yeah, know, like we, we, it would have worked. We, a lo- lot. we love that story. We love. Um, Boy meets girl. Yeah, it doesn't always yeah. work out the way it does in this. Like, right? It's I'm, never. It's yeah. it's hardly ever as quite as good. Yeah. As, as it is. In but it. like I said, it, I mean, it's the chemistry of a lot of people. I think people are just like drawn to Keanu in this movie. It's the chemistry between Jeff Daniels and Keanu. Mm-hmm. It's like what's happening between Dennis Hopper, Jeff Daniels, and Keanu. Like oh, you see it with Mac too. Like, yeah, well, Mac. Mac yeah, loves Keanu. Yeah, it's everyone's like, like Mac or uh, Jack, my boy. When yeah. he comes up with the uh, airport idea. Yeah, everyone's yeah. fucking vibing vibing in this movie everyone's vibing on Keanu. yeah exactly and i think that makes a movie fucking work uh i just watched kings of new york with my friends and um 
I think there's something similar happening in that movie where everyone is just like fucking vibing in that movie. It's Christopher Walken, Lawrence Fishburne, Steve Buscemi, Wesley Snipes. And like, I got the same feeling where everyone was just fucking vibing with each other in that movie, feeling each other, you know, like the energy. And I think it's a similar thing happening. Like I think Dennis Hopper against Keanu is like, the fucking perfect pairing as far as opposites go. You know what I mean? Because Keanu has like this naivety, like this boyish, like recklessness. And like Dennis Hopper is just like such a calculated madman who just like seems explosive and unpredictable. They just seem like on opposite ends of the spectrum. They're just so paired so perfectly in the, in the way that they're just completely different from each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. He's big performance madman, you know, and, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Understated. Kind of <laughs> yeah, cute. Understated. Yeah. Kind of mild mannered. Although not quite as mild mannered in this one as, as he is in others. Yeah. I I think the last couple of things I want to talk about. I don't think movies are kind of like being made like this anymore. And I just don't know why. Um, I, I, I don't know. The closest thing I've seen from a movie with like this much a- action, like, and it's just like unabashedly like action, action packed is like unstoppable from 2010 with, so this is a movie with Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. Mm. I didn't see that one. It's basically the same concept. They're on a train that like can't stop, uh-huh. but not for a bomb. It's because it's breaks out or something like that. Right. It's kind of the same premise. It works just as well. I think it's an amazing movie directed by Tony Scott. Um, but they just kind of don't make movies like this anymore. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like trying to like pinpoint that. I'm not really sure why. And I think maybe it's related to, um, people being like more conscious about like the danger, the dangers, like stuff work like this, like explosions, Mm -hmm. that explosion at the end of this movie, like where the, Oh, they, where they blow up the airplane. Yeah. That explosion is ridiculously large. Yeah. Like it's huge. Yeah. And like, you don't, I don't know. You don't see explosions like that anymore. One, they don't need to because they have CGI, but like CGI, it just isn't as visceral as watching like an actual explosion. Like sad to say like, yeah, very caveman like, but like, right. like that shit just doesn't feel as good. Like yeah. watching a real person ju- jump from like car to bus just doesn't feel as good. Like maybe this movie is happening now, but just isn't as successful. Like mm. Marvel movie doesn't feel like this. You know what I mean? I keep capping on Marvel. I'm going to stop. We're going <laughs> to do one one day. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do one one. I, it's interesting. Yeah. I think you. it's like, um, the bar is raised so high and maybe it's the fact that it's the CGI that, yeah, I wonder about that. I mean, I don't know if it's possible. Maybe that it's been done too many times. Maybe we don't want this again. You know what I mean? But I mean, well, I'd like to see an action movie where there's a, you know, an action movie made today where there's like hardly any CGI and it's all just, if there are explosions, they're real explosions. Yeah. And see if we get, if we, if we feel the same way. I mean, I think Christopher Nolan's probably like the, the closest, like dark Knight. like there's CGI in that, but like, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's a, okay. In the dark Knight, watching that truck flip is like one of the most like fucking exhilarating experiences to watch that semi flip, like mm. that front flip. Mm-hmm. And you know, because it, that shit is actually happening on camera. Yeah. And it fucking works. And, and I'm going to compare it. I just watched the Eternals. Same kind of thing works where like the semi is flipped. It's CGI'd and it's just like you, there's none of the feeling there. Right. Like none of the, like the physics don't feel real. The, the danger doesn't feel real. Like the situation, I don't know. Like you, you know the difference. Your body knows the difference. And maybe it's that uncanny valley thing where they're just like, it's just like barely, like yeah. barely not right. You know what I mean? Right. Just a little bit off and therefore you don't, yeah, it doesn't feel quite right yeah like um yeah you mentioned nolan like inception the dream sequences like yeah he built out like huge sets on hydraulic jacks yeah 
um, when, you know, to, to simulate, like, um, I think it's a scene where, like, the van is coming down. Off, oh, really? Off of the. I know he did it for the hallway fight for sure. Yeah, he did it for the hallway fight. Is, and then he also did it for a scene like where Leo DiCaprio and Cillian Murphy are in the bar mm. together. And like like uh, the room starts tilting and you can see like liquids and glasses. That's great. Like rotating and, and, and yeah. or like the level like changing angles. And yeah. um, he, he had that whole bar on uh, jack, hydraulic jacks mm. to like, and actually just move. That's what I love about the dude. You know, I don't know, like fully like Inception. I don't like as a whole. I appreciate a lot of what's going on in it. Yeah. I, f- I think I feel the same way. You yeah. know, like I, w- it was like, I don't know. Made me feel stupid. Like I, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what was going on. Really? You know? like, That's I was not like, the thing for the, me. Yeah. What well, the heck is going on? We might be able to, especially, um, uh, what is this new one? Tenet. Oh, Tenet. Okay. Uh, that one made me feel stupid too. I was like, what the, f- I cannot figure out what's supposed to be happening. Oh my God. I don't have enough time to defend, defend myself, but I like <laughs> Tenet. And I think it's because the action is just like, oh, I'm going to go on this whole thing. Let's not do this. Like, it's just like the right. action is like fucking amazing enough in Tenet to hold my attention. Like I'm just simple minded like that. I just like seeing shit go in reverse. I thought that was like really cool. Um, I kept trying to figure it out and I couldn't figure it out. No, but, I, like, but I think that's the thing about Tenet is that it, there's a character who kind of just says, let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I accept that premise in tenant. Mm. I, I accept the annoyingness of Christopher Nolan saying like, Oh, this is happening. This is happening. So high concept. You probably won't get it. I accept it in tenant because a, well, one, a character kind of just says, let it go. Let it wash over you. You're not supposed to get it. When, when he's asked to explain like how time was working in the movie, he's like, Oh, don't, don't even think about it too hard. Okay. And I, as a viewer, you're like, fine All right green light fine Let's yeah i'm like fine yeah. and, and i accept that premise because i think the action is good enough to hold my attention that and like the whole throughout the whole movie i find I like the action the way it's I photographed it. the way yeah. um what's his name washington washington john washington yeah is it? john yeah. david De- right john Den- denzel's son let me look this up we have a computer right here <laughs> it is denzel's son but the way he's um like just carrying himself in that movie. You could tell he was an athlete. He was a football player. So like just the way he carries himself in that movie, like it's the physicality of it. Yeah. And like, I am so into that. His name is John David Washington, but I am so into like physical performances. And that's why I like, I love Tom Hardy. Like I'm like a simple man when it comes to that, like to see somebody like in like peak physical shape, like using their bodies in like ways that like, I can't do that dude. Yeah. Like I've been playing yeah. video games for half my life. Like, I can't do that shit, but to see like John David Washington go through that scene where they fight in the kitchen, he uses that cheese grater. I don't know if you remember that, but it's like a scene in the movie. Mm. I don't know. Like I buy into that and I buy into that premise. How did we get to here? Yeah. How did we get to, <laughs> I think we were talking about practical effects and explosions. Practical effects and, and why I like Nolan. Christopher Nolan is, is good at that. All right. Fuck um, it. I'm going to leave this shit in. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely got to put a pin in Tenet though and come back to it. Yes. You know? I can talk I about think, Tenet. I don't think we've done Christopher Nolan yet on the podcast. No, we haven't. I, we we kind of toyed around with doing insomnia. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of prefer the prestige. I want to, oh, but there's a lot of places we can go. Okay. Yes. Okay. For Nolan. <clears throat> I, I'm of the opinion that the prestige is the best movie. We can have this conversation. Fuck it. People are going to listen. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that the prestige is Christopher Nolan's best movie. I agree with you. And I thought that across the board, that's what everyone thought. And going through Twitter and the internet, that's not the case. Really? Is Which, it, uh, it's kind of upsetting. Is it like way not the case. Like do people shit in, on the prestige in, or something or people, 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's a faction, there's just a faction of every kind in Christopher Nolan fandom and uh-huh. hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there are so many opinions about Christopher Nolan. Um, but yes, people have shat on it, but people don't think it's his best. Like, I don't know. Like, I've heard people say Inception is his best movie, and I just think that's like so clearly not the case. Yeah. Just so, I, maybe it's because like we're in. Uh, to novels and stuff like that, and I think the Prestige is probably like his most novelistic, right type film. You know, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Like the the long character arcs and twists and turns. Yeah, um, a lot of subtle character work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot about obsession, which is like something a theme that I like. And in, 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 you know, uh, obsessive men are like men with like too much ambition and stuff like that. Yeah, touching on that, that's like a like a that's just like a classic theme. I really appreciate it for that. We're we have, let's let's save this let's save this we gotta save this I'll leave it in but we'll we're gonna save this for that the last thing I wanted to well no there's a couple more things um no last one let's talk about the last thing um another aspect about this movie of why like these movies aren't made anymore why movies like Die Hard aren't made anymore Beverly Hills Cop is because like this phenomenon of copaganda and like people don't want to see movies like this anymore. You know what I mean? And like on, I, I looked up the definition because like, uh, you know, like, you know, propaganda when you see it, but if people want to know, it's like phenomenon described by critics of law enforcement in which news media and other social institutions promote celebratory portrayals of police officers with the intent of swaying public opinion for the benefit of police departments and law enforcement. So it's basically making cops look cool. Well, do you think that's intentional propaganda to make cops look cool? Or do you think it's a genuine, like a genuine environment where like somebody could do something heroic, you know? I mean, I think I see it more now. Like when people say copaganda now, I understand it. I see it now. I think it's happening in the news right now with like this fear mongering about crime rates going high Mm -hmm. and like, and like people look at the numbers, crime rates aren't. Um, like much higher than they've been like, well, they're way higher than the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crime rates aren't spiking. It's just the narrative right now because there's this whole defund the police movement. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the case in the nineties. I think maybe people were kind of, um, looking up to cops at the time because there was like this crime boom in the nineties and for that to go down, like you're going to appreciate a cop. Right. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Cops did have like, they had a different position, in the minds of people, I think, but, but because a lot of things were going like, I guess, un, unexplored about like what cops are doing, what they, what, you know, the position that they had in society. Um, yeah. Like if you think about like, I don't know, I guess a American's perception of a cop in the nineties versus now. Yeah. Um, you, we don't, we didn't know as much about stop and frisk and, yeah. and, and disproportionate, um, like targeting of, of people of color and yeah and, and things like that, which is definitely more um, reaching the average person's awareness. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're, you're right about that, that people do not really care to see um, like the heroic cop movie yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Know? It would but, seem like inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm, I don't know if I would totally agree with the point that, a heroic cop movie in the nineties is propaganda. Yeah. You know, for the purpose of glorifying a cop. Yeah. You know, I, I mainly I, cause we just didn't have the information. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just wasn't part of like the zeitgeist, you know, like it's, yeah. it's part of the zeitgeist now that like, yeah. 
um, we, we have this experience of the last 20 years of stop and frisk and disproportionate yeah. like, harassment of people of color and, and things like that. And um, yeah, it's, it's part of like a cultural context. Like it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it makes sense why people don't want to see that. For sure. I'm yeah. I, yeah. To my point, like that's just like why they aren't being made now. Like this is yeah. exactly why this kind of movie can't be made now. Right. Right. Um, Which is interesting. You know, yeah. like if, you made speed today. Yeah. It, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work because it's, it doesn't fit with the cultural context. No. I mean, yeah, it doesn't fit with the cultural context. I mean, like, I mean, I guess there's still making a movie about terrorism, but like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like what you don't want to see. If it was made, it would be switched. I think the main perspective would be Sandra Bullock, which would still work. Yeah. That would be cool. But the cop yeah. would just be a different character. Right. Um, I don't want to see it remade, but that's the angle that would be taken. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about was uh, Speed 2. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that? I I've, mean. I've heard it's bad. I saw it. I mean, I, I know my cousin had it on VHS, and I watched it a couple times. I know it takes place on a boat. Yeah. It's called, is it called Cruise Control? Yeah. I'm sure it <laughs> Speed is. Speed 2, <laughs> Cruise Control. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was fucking bad. Yeah. I mean. Well, it makes me wonder, like. What is, because the prep, like, it's not the premise, you know, this time it's a boat. Yeah. Like, cause it's not, <laughs> this time it's a boat. Cause they do that in speed right. one. Yeah. Like this time it's a train. Like yeah. we, we had a bus, jumped a gap. This time it's a train. Like it's, 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 yeah. like, it's clearly not the premise. The premise of speed one is absurd. Yeah. So I think they're just like doing everything out. Like everything else is firing on all cylinders and that's why speed one is so great. And, you know, I, I haven't seen speed two, but I'm sure I'm guessing it's, it's not great. I'm sure it's poorly executed and yeah. maybe that's why I, I mean, people hate it. It's the lack of Keanu. It's the same director. Same. Oh, Yonder really? Bunt. Yeah. Really? William, Willem Dafoe's in it. I'm just learning this right now. Whoa. So, I mean, hey, there was okay. things happening in this, but do we need to give speed Two a chance? I don't think so because Keanu's not in it. Like we yeah. said, yeah, Keanu was like the driving force of this movie. He was like what everyone's vibing on. He's like the heart and center of this movie. It's got Sandra Bullock and I love Sandra Bullock and Willem Dafoe. You know, what? I'm going to give this a watch for sure. Yeah, I'll probably watch it, but that's just to like market, check yeah. it off my list. <laughs> yeah. If I end up loving it, we'll definitely do an episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's what I wanted to say. This was a, this was a good, a good chat, right? Speed. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, but Patrick, pleasure talking to you. Glad we got into it. Good times. We'll see you next time next time i hope you enjoyed that i really enjoyed that talk thanks for listening i am sierra gonzalez the other voice on the microphone today was patrick kelly you can follow us on instagram at film slobbery that's f-i-l-m-s-l-o-b-b-e-r-y join in on the conversation it'll be a lot of fun to hear what you think maybe we can find a guest on instagram if you want to come on just let us know we can talk about something quick note on the show has nothing to do with the content of the show but A microphone stand swung open and hit Patrick's tooth, and he chipped a tooth. That is the kind of labor we put into the episode. I hope you appreciate that. Next week, we're doing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We've been wanting to talk about Hunter S. Thompson for a while now. This is our opportunity. It's going to be a lot of fun. You should catch up on that movie. It's a good one. The music you're listening to now was written and recorded by Randy Flores, friend of the show. I don't know if Randy's ever heard this. He's never said anything. Hopefully he is. 
All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>